Attention students, the Jabroni University Network is now in session. Please make your way to class. And on that note, we cue the music. Welcome back to Biff Radio, the first one of 2021. And we have a very, very exciting show. I have a great guest, someone who has... And I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk this person up. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna heat him up. I'm, I'm gonna gas him up a little bit before I bring him on. Uh, this person is a podcaster that, when I got in into podcasting, I was already a fan of this person's podcast. And this person has been podcasting for much longer than I have, and they have grown their brand and they are the consistency that I think everyone should strive for when it comes to podcasting. Uh, someone who gives feedback in a actually constructive way, as opposed to like, that was awful. And this person has given me a lot of, um, a lot of feedback. And I, my, my show has gotten better over the years because of their feedback. And it's just a genuine person. And when it comes to wrestling, I think uh, someone who has a perspective that I think a lot of people should really kind of adopt. So I am very excited to welcome to the podcast, the host of Wrestling Cheers, Mr. J- Justin Summers. Hello, I'm Justin Summers. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How about you? I am good. So the first thing I want to talk about before we even jump into the topic today, yesterday was a very big day for you when it comes to football. Two teams that you that you back, the Cleveland Browns, Chicago Bears, got their way into the playoffs. Now the Bears have had success, you know, for you know, maybe not as, as recently, but they've you know, they've been to a Super Bowl in, in you know in this century. The Cleveland Browns. Walk me through the Cleveland Browns getting into the playoffs first time in eighteen years. How do you feel? I feel ecstatic and. Well, the one thing I keep saying online to people when they're just like, well, you're going to get bounced out. I'm like, well, as corny as it sounds, I'm happy to be here because for many years when it came to what, you know, a lot of people like to call week 18 wildcard week, I'm at, I'm at home watching necessarily exactly with the team, but you know, I'm not, I'm not there with the the vested interest of my team. Like, all right, you know, here we go. It's like, all right, you know, I'm going to watch uh, these two teams play that. I mean, I love football but it was just not having the same kind of vested interest. And now I got two teams in at the same time. It feels way more special with the Browns. Like you said, the, the, the bears have had a lot more success, you know, since 2000, they've made it to the super bowl. They've been to the playoff playoffs multiple times. We had a really good NFC championship game against the Packers back in uh, 2010, which I'll never, I'll never forget that run and that game. Cause how crazy it was, but now with the Browns, it's been it's been since 2007 that we had a really good competitive season, and that year we missed the playoffs, and it's been 18 years since we actually made it to the playoffs. And if you know we get bounced out, that's fine. But my whole thing is I want them to be able to build on this, and it it honestly feels like it is. I was just telling a friend of mine today the fact that we have Kevin Stefanski, you know, his first year as a Browns has head coach has won the most games of any first year Browns head coach. And I, I, if I'm correct, like this was his first actual head coach gig and how great he's doing. So it feels like we got our coach. We potentially have our quarterback. He's definitely not hall of fame or elite, but if he's, I look at him maybe a little bit like Eli Manning, 
not exactly because maybe Eli Manning has a little bit better pedigree, but the fact that he was a dude that wasn't elite, but you put the right people around him and he won two championships. Yeah. I mean, and I, so I married into a Browns family, my wife, you know, being from this area and I was here during the 0 and 16 season and I grew up in Michigan. So obviously the lions, while I was never a lions fan, I definitely respect the lions, but I saw, and like I saw like you and other fans stand by the team 0 and 16. And so when I saw it today on TikTok, someone called you a bandwagon fan. I'm like, no, no. There are like there, I'm sure there are bandwagon Browns fans. You, sir, are not a, a bandwagon fan. You like day one kind of fan. And like a lot of the fans here in town. Um, so I just I'm super happy for y'all. I'm a Broncos fan. Our team is awful. Like we won the Super Bowl and then fell off a cliff. <laughs> but the Browns are definitely on the come up, and that's gotta feel good. At least you won a Super Bowl. At least you've witnessed your team be in the Super Bowl. Bowl, I have yet to do that. Oh no! And that's a, yeah. That, that's even something I was thinking about today. Like with you know the Cleveland Indians, I'm just going to go in my lifetime of what I remember. You know they've you know they've had multiple playoff trips, but they've made it to the uh, World Series three times. Granted, they lost all three times, which sucks, but still made it there three times and it was great. Then we have the Cavs, who multiple playoff trips, five finals appearances. We only got the one championship, but. That was one championship that we didn't have before. And I, for the first time in my life, I got to watch a team that I rooted for my hometown team win. So then we, we fast forward to the Browns. Now, technically, you know, they've had some playoff trips and especially like in my lifetime early on, like uh, 86, that's the year I was born. Uh, I forget. I always forget which year is the fumble and which one is the drive, but you know, 86 and 89, I don't remember those. I was so young. So I, I don't count them. I don't remember the 94 appearance in the playoffs. So this fast forwards all the way to the 2000s. So it's like, this is my second playoff appearance that I've got to witness for the Browns in my lifetime. And I I mean, I don't expect us to win, but it's still, like I said, it still feels great to be here. Oh, for sure. And like, I got to, I got to see like my, my, my wife and my brother-in-law, you know, openly cry. We were at Mary Arts in Lakewood when the, the Cavs won the championship. And, like, that's the same year the Broncos won. And, honestly, like, if you, I, I, I find that Cavs thing more special because even though they weren't my team, like, just the catharsis of this entire area. And, like, I, you know, I, I've grown up around a lot of sports fans. Cleveland sports fans, to me, are the most diehard because there's so much heartbreak. But yet, come up, they come back every single year. You know, the, the, you know, the whole, ne- the, the, you know, we'll do, try them next year. I don't know. So I'm, I'm, I'll be rooting for him. Also, I don't, I don't like Ben Roethlisberger. I haven't liked him for a long time. So I would love to see the Browns bounce them out of the playoffs. I think that would be the best. But now here's the thing. Let's say dream scenario. It comes down to the Bears and the Browns. I mean, this question was asked to me a lot on TikTok. And the thing that I've always said was especially like how everything is now I would like if that was the Super Bowl this year we get this miracle Super Bowl where both of these wild card teams make it to the championship uh I would root for the Browns just because the Browns have never made it and I would love to see them capture that championship the only crazy thing about that is going back to 2016 I always used to say prior to that year my second baseball team was the Cubs and it was because of my love for 
Chicago as a whole. It was for my love for the Bears. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll root for the Cubs too, you know, here and there. I never really bought anything on them, which is a real big kicker. But the moment that they got into the World Series, I disowned them. And then especially the moment they won, I was like, nope, not a fan. And the fun thing was too, uh, that year for the Bears, I couldn't root for them because I was still kind of bitter about the World Series. And I was like, you know what? Uh, Bears, I'll see you next year. Until then, go Pack Go. Yeah, it's it's crazy about the the Cubs because obvi- I mean, obviously, you know, being in the same year of the the Cavs. Also, my wife and I, our apartment in Chicago was on Addison. We lived five minutes from Wrigley Field, and just like the uh, like the thought of if we would have moved a year later, we would have been there during that insanity, and uh, that was just. Uh, that, that that game too was also super fun. I mean, like even though they lost, fu rain delay, um, that was still oh man. I, and again, we could go on on and on because like I sports talk is is a passion. I'm this found out today that uh, John Elway has stepped down from being the GM of my Broncos, and I say hallelujah, thank you God, because love that man as a f- football player, but. God awful GM, but we are here today to talk about the other passion, obviously this being Biff radio and music. And you and I have a mutual love for the man in black, Mr. Johnny cash. Hell yeah. Hands down. One of my favorite artists of all time. I think he's timeless. And I think there's a lot of really great songs in in his catalog. And there's one that I know we're going to get to, and I can't wait to talk about so why now, I love that song so much. I, I guess, like, how did you discover Johnny Cash? Like, how did, you know, how did you become a fan of Johnny Cash? I literally grew up listening to it. My dad was born in 1950, and he listened to a, a lot of music from his, his youth, and he was someone who kind of stuck within that wheelhouse, you know, 50s rock and roll and, like, the country that kind of came from it. Uh, so I was listening to Johnny Cash forever. Like... There's going. I know that one of my picks for a song, I will get to. If and if you know the song, you'll get the hint. But the, I never knew that there was an uncensored version. And then when I was an adult and found the uncensored version, I would like it. The weird thing was it blew my mind because I, I never thought like, oh, this was actually uncensored at one point. So, it's just uh, there's songs of his that I've grown to love, and. And like I said, some of them, like even for my picks, which people won't really know, like some of mine are some some deep cuts, and there's some that I grew up with because Johnny Cash actually had like a comedy album, and not I've rarely ever hear people talk about that comedy album. No, that that's definitely like like a deep cut when it comes to Johnny Cash. I mean, Johnny Cash, his catalog, his body of work is such it's diverse. People think. It's just one style or, you know, they're very familiar with the bigger hits and which, you know, I definitely will play, but there, he has such a, a wide breadth of music and there's just like something there for everyone. So let's dive in. So let's go ahead and dive into this, this kind of playlist of, you know, if you're a fan of Johnny Cash, we want to play some of the, you know, the great stuff. We also want to play those deeper cuts, you know, to really show that diversity. So let's go to your first selection of this playlist. So that first song is 
I think one of his great songs. It's again, it's a song that I I think a lot of people know, but it's a great song. So we're going to start off with a boy named Sue. Well, my daddy left home when I was three, and he didn't leave much to Ma and me. Just this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. Now, I don't blame him because he run and hid, but the meanest thing that he ever did was before he left, he went and named me Sue. Well, he must have thought that it was quite a joke, and it got a lot of laughs from a lots of folks. Seems I had to fight my whole life through. Some gal would giggle and I'd get red And some guy'd laugh and I'd bust his head I'll tell you, life ain't easy for a boy named Sue <laughs> Well, I grew up quick and I grew up mean My fist got hard, my wits got keen Roamed from town to town to hide my shame But I made me a vow to the moon and stars I'd search the honky-tonks and bars so what what about that song? What what catches you about that song? And kill that man that gave me that awful name. Uh, this is that song where I didn't know that there was an unedited version. I grew up with at the end where he says the son of a bitch that named you Sue, and it's it's just bleeped. So as I got older, when I found this, especially like right when the Walk the Line came out. I just, like I said, it just blew my mind. I think what it is, and kind of a lot of my picks were like this and not on purpose, but like Johnny Cash was a storyteller. And it wasn't necessarily, I'm going to tell you my story. I'm going to tell you a story. And that's what he he does with this song. And he paints you that whole picture of being born and having your father walk out. But before he does, he names you a girl's name and how... At that time, that meant he had to fight. He couldn't He couldn't take shit from anyone. And then he eventually meets his dad to get that get that revenge. And it turns out that, you know, he he did it because he knew he wasn't, his father knew he wasn't going to be there. And I just, the, the little, because it's comedy, basically, right? And he's like, you know, if I ever have a son, I think I'm going to name him Bill or George, any damn thing but Sue. I still hate that name. Um for some reason this was is one of the Johnny Cash songs that just has stuck with me my whole life and when I do karaoke this is somewhere within my top 5 of like go to songs Ooh, now might take a, a quick detour what are some others those other karaoke songs uh my biggest one that I could actually do without looking at a screen is Dr Dre and Eminem forgot about Dre Um, I'm a huge fan of Eagle Eye Cherry's Save Tonight. There you go. Uh, There's there's a couple of other ones. I can't think of them off the top of my head. It just all depends on, like, my mood. Like, I know when I go to this one karaoke place after after a wrestling show, me and one of the wrestlers of that company, we have done Linkin Park's In the End. I do more of the rapping part. He does more of the singing part because I cannot match the vocals of Chester. So I at least just do with the the mic rap part. So those are I know those are some of the biggest ones off the top of my head, but I can do Forgot About Dre and depending on the day, I can do the same thing of uh a boy named Sue without looking at the screen. So it's you and the Duke singing Lincoln Park. Got it. 
Got it. That, that That's definitely, in my mind, that's what happened. <laughs> God, that would be hilarious. <laughs> oh, Pete. <laughs> the visual in my mind is just chef's kiss. So, I mean, and French I... Kiss. Okay. I said French kiss. Ah, oh, French kiss. Shout out Marty and Sarah. Uh, no, I, I agree. I, I love the story. I, I, I like storyteller aspect of that kind of, of music. That it, is it there? I mean, like, it, there definitely is some hip hop, you know, tell stories now, but that storyteller, I love that. Like I grew up on that. My, my grandfather was a huge Johnny Cash fan. That's how I got into uh, Johnny Cash. And so my f- first song is definitely along that line. It's that storytelling that I love about him. And it's, it's one of my favorite songs. It's, it kind of got popular because of walk the line, which I think is a great movie. I, I, I like, I guess, what was your take on walking Phoenix's portrayal of Johnny cash in the movie? I'll tell a side story about that movie. And it's, it's something that people look at me like I'm crazy or it just depends on the kind of person you are. But when that movie came out, I had a couple friends that were going to come to the movie theater with me on a Saturday. And it was like the, the Saturday after it came out, both of them did not get back to me about coming. Like they were so well, they're all for it. And then call them the day of no answer. I mean, this was, you know, 2005. So cell phones were what they were, maybe not as great, but whatever, both of them bailed on me. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go alone. I love Johnny Cash. I grew up on Johnny Cash and I really want to watch this movie. So I went alone and I know I've told that story to some other people and they're just like, why would you go to a movie theater alone? I'm like, because I really want to see the movie. Like it comes down to it. Like how much do you really want to see something? If it's kind of like, if uh, you really want uh, a burger, are you going to go to Burger King alone? Like, well, if you really want it, you're going to do it. I mean, granted, you have the drive-through, but that let's take the drive-through out of it. Let's say the drive-through is broken. I know drive-through doesn't get broken, but you have to like, if you really want it, you'll go get it, and that's what it was for me. Mm-hmm. So, Joaquin Phoenix in that movie, I I thought he did great, and I, but it's been a couple of years since I've sat down and rewatched it. But I know they took liberties too, but he might be the closest thing to Johnny Cash that you could get. So I'm, I was perfectly fine with it. And as an actor too, you see some of the other work he's done where he can really just like dive in. I felt like he did that with Johnny. Oh, I agree. I think he did a great job. I, I thought he had, his voice was, was, was good. I, I, I do enjoy that, that soundtrack. I think the chemistry between him and um, Reese, Reese Witherspoon. I can always get her and Kirsten Dunst. Uh, mixed up by my mind, but I thought they, they were I great. Could, I could see that. That's that. That's kind of a mix up. I can see happening, but uh, no, I, I enjoy that movie a whole bunch. And I just, I, I think it's, it's a, it's a good take. So this, this, this song was definitely a big part of that movie. So uh, my first song would be cocaine blues uh, and would be definitely from the live at Folsom prison, which is, I think quintessential to, to John, to Johnny obviously played a big part in the movie, but uh, here's some, uh, some cocaine blues. Early one morning while making the rounds I took a shot of cocaine and I shot my woman down I went right home and I went to bed I stuck at loving 44 beneath my head Got up next morning and I grabbed that gun 
Took a shot of cocaine and away I run Made a good run, but I run too slow They overtook me down in Juarez, Mexico Laid in the hot joints, taking the pills And walked the sheriff from Jericho Hill He said, Willie Lee, your name is not Jack Brown You're the dirty hack that shot your woman down Yes, oh yes, my name is Willie Lee If you've got a warrant just to read it to me Shut her down I mean, it's like with both of these songs The, the last one um, play was from the San Quentin it, the, the crowd is such a big part of why I love those albums I mean, his whole prison series, I think, is great. And the, the story behind him wanting to do those prison concerts. But man, like, just like, it's a badass song that if people think, oh, you know, older music or country stars, like, Johnny Cash was a badass. He was a certified badass. And that song just, I think, cements that, in my mind, at least. There's a lot of great songs off of, off of those albums whether it be, you know, just the, the certain performance or, or whatever, the, uh, a song that I almost actually picked. Uh, it's also from San Quentin, and it's not necessarily about the, the song because he actually made a song called San Quentin. And on the album, before he actually gets into it, there's a quote of his that I really love. And it's, I think I understand a little bit of how you, how you feel about some things. It's none of my business how you feel about some things, and I don't give a damn what you feel about some of the things. I love that quote. Yeah. It, uh, he, he the song was such a hit. At least how it, it's played on the album. I don't remember. I don't know if it actually played out like this. He played it once, and then he goes into it and plays it again. And also, actually, before I forget, during that that little speech too, while he's talking about you know being in uh, in San Quentin, or maybe this is up. Uh, this might be later on my one of my other picks. But I do love the quote too. He's talking, and someone tries to interrupt him, and he goes. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you guys talking. I've used that on people since then because I think that's another funny quote from him. But these these concerts are so historic of um, his sound. And I think like what really was appeal for a lot of people, I think you can look at a lot of chapters of his and you can see how how much of an artist he really was and to be able to do the, these type of shows, which they're definitely unheard of now at least not to this level. Oh, for sure. Like I can't, there's not a whole lot of acts that I can envision right now going into a place like San Quentin or Folsom and doing these kind of shows. I, I just, and like the, the, the pushback from his label and the, you know, the, like all oh, the gasp, the clutching of pearls of why is this guy? Cause at the time, like he didn't need to do this. Like he was had established himself to the point where like, but he wanted to, and he set, found such connection with these with these you know these people. Um, I don't know. I I I I think I'm not sure if there's a documentary. I would love to watch a documentary all about. I mean, I'm sure there's lots tons of footage from these concerts that I would love to get my hands on because man, they are. That's a piece of uh, of history that I would love to know more about. So going into your next song. Um, I mean, man, you know, man in black is, it's an, it's an iconic thing. I mean, that's one of his, one of his many nicknames, but it's just such a great song. And then like, I could say that about every song. Like I, I don't honestly think there's a bad Johnny Cash song. I think there are some that are, you know, I, I would rate higher, but like, this is a, one of those songs where it's synonymous with him. 
I would, I think you would agree with that. hundred percent. So uh, let's dive into man in black. Well, you wonder why I always dress in black. Why you never see bright colors on my back. And why does my appearance seem to have a somber tone? Well, there's a reason for the things that I have on. I wear the black for the poor and the beaten down. Living in the hopeless, hungry side of town. I wear it for the prisoner who has long paid for his crime, but is there because he's a victim of the times. I wear the black for those who've never read or listened to the words that Jesus said about the road to happiness through love and charity. Why you think he's talking straight to you and me? Well, we're doing mighty fine, I do suppose. I mean, just, and he writes those lyrics, but I, I, you truly believe in every word he says. That's the thing. Johnny Cash is an honest man. Like, he had his faults, but he's definitely, everything he says, I believe that. I believe every word coming out of his mouth. This song is probably the most iconic song that he, he has Obviously, you know, it, it was it was part of a nickname for him, but you, you faded out at the wrong moment. Like that particular set of lyrics are my favorite. And I think they pertain to where we are in this country over the past five to six years. Well, we're doing mighty fine, I do suppose, in our streak of lightning cars and fancy clothes. But just we are so we're reminded of the ones who are held back up front. There ought to be a man in black going back to everything with like national anthem protest and so many people said like how disgraceful it was and all this kind of stuff and i was like well this is a version of man in black we're doing mighty fine i do suppose in our streak of lightning cars and fancy clothes but just so we're reminded of the ones who are held back up front there ought to be a man in black wow that's that's extremely powerful that's, a- That's one reason why I've I've seen people, especially on TikTok. I know there's this one conservative joke, and I know he I've seen things of him in his house, and he has like a Johnny Cash thing, like on his wall. And I'm like, dude, did you ever listen to Man in Black? Have you listened to those lyrics? Like, if you were against a lot of stuff going on in this country, because you, it 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 hurts the way you feel about the country, then guess what? You don't like Johnny Cash. Because Johnny Cash knew this kind of shit. And he that's why he wore black. I mean, he didn't do an anthem protest, but he basically said, we need to be reminded of these people. Unfortunately, people didn't get it then. So uh, the fight's still going today. I mean, and I think it's a great point. I think that it's, it's on par with people that use Rage Against the Machine. And like, did, do you not listen to the lyrics? Because I don't think that means what you think it means. Um, I, 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 I can't speak for Mr. Cash. I got a feeling he wouldn't be a big fan of our current president. Um, just a, just a feeling I have, 
But uh, no, I think, I think that's an absolutely great point. And I think that it's, again, like it goes back to the honesty of Johnny Cash. He was a man of conviction. He believed in the things he said. He didn't say them because it sounded nice or he thought it would sell records. He sang from his heart. And that's why it's so his music varies from era to era because the things in his heart, you know, he evolved and changed. But I, he was never disingenuous. He never had a, a phase where, like, oh, I don't think he actually believes that. I think everything you just said, like, that he firmly believed and believed up until the end. So that is all these songs will be available. I'm going to be, we'll be putting out both an Apple Music and a Spotify playlist for our friends that are have both. So you'll definitely be able to listen to everything. If you haven't listened to all these songs, I highly suggest that. So the next song uh, I'll be is. A song that I like grew up on from you know my grandfather, you know, really gave me Johnny Cash, and it was a song that uh, I heard a whole bunch. I remember he, you know, he he would always get up in the morning and make breakfast when we were going to visit him, and he sang this song a whole bunch, and it just whenever I hear it, I think about my grandpa Hembry. So here is Daddy sing bass. I remember when I was a lad, times were hard and things were bad, but there's a silver lining behind every cloud. Just four people, that's all we were, trying to make a living out of Blacklander, but we'd get together in a family circle singing loud. Daddy sang bass. Mama sang tenor. Singing seems to help a troubled soul. One of these days, and it won't be long, I'll rejoin them in a song. I'm gonna join the family circle at the throne. No, the circle won't be broken by and by, Lord, by and by. Daddy sing bass. Mama sing tenor. In the sky, Lord, in the sky. So much so, like that song, we, we played that song at my grandfather's funeral. And um, this Johnny Cash was a very religious man, and he, he obviously was very unabashed about his religion. But it's just like that that music from that time, that album, and it's just, ah, I, I think of that. And I, again, I, I reminds me of, of being a little kiddo listening to my grandfather's eight track. The same, uh, he actually, my grandfather gave me my first car, had an eight track player in it, and he gave me this eight track. <laughs> and while like, I like Johnny Cash, I don't think I can get any more eight tracks, Grandpa. So I, of course, did the responsible thing and bought a uh, $300 sound system for a 1978 Oldsmobile that he gave me. Good choices. Yeah, eight track, such a bygone uh, media thing. Like, my dad, though, uh, he was pre-A-Track, and, like, we had a small stack of A-Tracks in our house. It was more vinyl than anything. Up until, like, my dad was buying, I think, vinyl in the 90s. I think he was going back and buying, like, albums like that. Like, I've, especially because uh, we had a Plymouth minivan, and we didn't have uh, a CD player. So what he would do is he would record the uh the vinyl the record onto a cassette tape he would do that 
all the time. And then I, I don't even know how old we were when he finally got a, a car or a truck or whatever exactly was that had a CD player. And uh, he's been CDs ever since, but he had a, he had a really good vinyl collection back in the day. But like I said, it was more, more fifties, more sixties. And that song always reminds me too. It's, I think it's one of the live versions, another group that I grew up listening to that I think my dad listened to it because they stemmed from Johnny Cash. And that was a group called the Statler brothers. Oh yeah. And yeah, there's a live version that they sing uh, on that song. So I always will think of them when I hear it. And yeah, I like Statler Brothers is another fun group that I, I grew up listening to. Oh, no, they're, they're, they're a great, the Statler Brothers are great. And, oh, no, I mean, vinyl, like, I mean, going through my dad's, I got it, you know, I went through all his records. My mom just gave me a bunch of her records, too. A lot of Gordon Lightfoot, which I'm, okay. Um, but, I mean, like, it's it's funny how like, vinyl went away and it is has come back with a, such a, a vengeance. Um, but yeah, there I, I, and actually my brother-in-law gave me one of the um, record players that you can record the record uh, for, via USB. And I plan on doing that with like some of my dad's records. He has like the original Beatles records and people are like, well, why would you do that? Like everything's on Spotify or Apple. It's like, yeah, but it doesn't, it's not the same. It's not the same of, of like listening to the original pressing of Abbey road. Like that's, that's like special. That I want to want to capture, and I, I want to get my hands on some more Johnny Cash vinyl. I'm not as nostalgic when it comes to that part of uh, media, whether you know records, but I think it's a little bit where I'm getting lately with VHS tapes, and it's there's certain movies where you watch it that if you're watching it on VHS tape, there's there's just this charm, like how. Back in October, when we were watching all these horror movies and rewatching some of our favorites, I purposely bought Halloween 3 on VHS and we watched it that way. It's just this really crazy little bit of nostalgia that you could still live. Like, granted, I have Halloween 3 on DVD and I think we might have Halloween 3 on physical, I mean, not physical, but a digital copy. I could be wrong, but still, it's it's that nostalgia. And I'm kind of getting into into that kind of collecting, too, because VHS tapes as a whole are cheap. You're going to find ones that are more expensive, especially horror, but it's a little, like I said, a little, just a little bit of nostalgia. Now taking a little, uh, side quest into collecting, cause you are a collector of things. Uh, you are a collector of VHS, you're a collector of wrestling thing. You're also a collector of, uh, figures cause you are a big major Mark. If, uh, if folks don't know that the major brothers, uh, wrestling, uh, figures, two awesome guys, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers. Do you have currently a figure or a set of figures that you're hunting for currently? Uh, right now, like I feel like I'm just out looking like I went to Walmart on Friday and they actually had two AEW figures, but they were both Kenny Omega, which I already have. So it's, I'm kind of on the hunt for stuff like that. Uh, I'll pop into toy stores and just see what I see. Um, I know I'm kind of looking for one of the Luke Harper elite figures. Uh, when I was at this toy store over the weekend, they had the both bludgeon brothers. And I was like, these are kind of cool, but I want the Luke Harper that came with alligators. Oh, that's awesome. I because I thought like thing. looking back like that looked really cool. I'm going to guess. That I think other than that, like I know, Go ahead. 
But I was, I, I'm going to guess that like Luke Harper stuff is going to get real scarce and real pricey with the unfortunate passing of uh, you know Luke Harper, John Huber, Brody Lee. I think it's it's pretty likely that that's what's going to happen. And that I mean that kind of sucks. I was just listening to uh, Fully Posable today, and they were talking about how how some of these figures, how expensive they can get over time. Like lately with, with, with wrestling figures and maybe that's is scaring some people out of collecting because here they were collecting all these figures. And now all of a sudden like prices are starting to jump for whatever reason, whether it be, you know, people that are stockpiling stuff or whether it be people who, who are scalpers, what, whatever it exactly may be. I, I mean, I do kind of think about that. There are figures that I, re- I know I missed out on and for whatever reason, like I didn't pick them up some or some, I just never flat out seen it. Now it's trying to find them. Luckily I've been, I have been trying to expand my horizons and try to go like, okay, what figures can I go out and buy that are cheap? That's kind of why I'm, I'm, I'm leaning a little bit more into VHSs. And I know like over last year, I bought all six series one WWF stomp figures, which was a weird uh, army type, series that WWE had for I think they did four series and then there was a fifth one that they changed the name of but like those are pretty cheap like I think I bought all of them for like 10 bucks each pretty much and like those are definitely because I know the uh the major guy the major brothers I, I know they uh kind of made stuff I didn't know about stomp until them until uh their their podcast um but like, and listen I've I'm kind of got it into it like right now I'm looking at my uh, I have my Johnny Gargano, the elite where the Venom outfit. I have my Finn Balor with the Jack the Ripper, and then I did order the the Walter that, that came out um, from Ringside. Um, I've had I've been toying with the idea of like getting figures of like matches I really like. So I wanted to get like a the Walter and uh, Tyler Bate, or like Wal- like uh, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne, but like. I go on, um, I don't know if you're on Macari at all. It's a website that our mutual friend Jordan uh, turned me on to. There are some of those figures that get pricey. Oh, God, yeah. Get real pricey. And, like, people get real snippy, like, when you offer something. And I, I try, you know, I'll try to offer, you know, a little bit less. Not, like, an insulting amount, but, like, I'm actually, I've been go, trying to go after a Moon Knight figure. And this person was like, you know, it was the free shipping and like they have like the offer and I put in like a couple dollars less and like, no, that's an insulting offer. I'm like, well then put in there, you know, prices firm. And then I will give you what, then like they sold it like a, like a couple minutes later. I'm like, ah, rats. It kind of reminds me of when I was getting into the universal monsters and I found a box set that I wanted and I like, I checked every, every place I could get it. And there was someone selling it on Facebook marketplace and there was, at first, there was uh, there was no price on it, so I went to eBay, found like how much I could get one right now. I mean, technically, I should have went to sold listings, but I was like, okay, I'm gonna see how much I can get one for right now, and then I'll offer them a little less, but I'm gonna do no better than how much I could get one through eBay. And I went back to them because I want to say it might have been like forty or fifty bucks, so I came at them like thirty, thirty-five, and they're like, no, I paid sixty for this, and I only, I want fifty for it. I'm like, yeah, I can go to eBay and buy it cheaper than that. Like, well, go ahead. But I'm looking at like, you really want to sell this and it's been here for a while and it was there for a while later too. And I'm looking at somewhere I can go and get it. Great. I'm not going to get it right now. So that's why I was willing to 
go up and like match exactly what I got on eBay for. Cause like, yeah, same price, but I could get it today. But when they wanted like that much, I was like, yeah, good luck. Like you bought a DVD box set, which at that right now would be decreasing in value. If you had the Blu-ray, yeah, it'd be worth way more. Like I want to say at one point there was all like a hundred dollar difference between the DVD box set and the Blu-ray box set. And I went to DVD cause I'm like, most of these movies are made from the 1920s to 1950s. You're not going to uh, like really blow my mind with the, the Blu-ray render you threw up. It's going to be the same thing of, on a uh, DVD. So yeah, there's, that's there's why so I went much. with that. So when they threw that shit at me, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go on eBay. Sorry. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, yeah. Fun times with crazy collectors. All right. So the next song we have here is a song that again, I, it speaks a lot to me, and I really enjoy this song. Um, we'll go into a little bit more afterwards. So here is Ain't No Grave. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. When I hear that trumpet sound, I'm gonna rise right out of the ground. Ain't no grave can hold my body down. Well, look way down the river, and what do you think I see? I see a band of angels, and they're coming after me. Ain't no grave can hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. Well, look down yonder, Gabriel. Put your feet on the land and see. But Gabriel, don't you blow your trumpet till you hear from me. There ain't no grave. I love that album. I. What is it about like older Cash that just? has that feeling of just like that gravitas because he was pretty much in his dying days yeah and he belted everything out that uh he could and then you know there was a lot of songs in some of those albums where like one song he would sound great and then the next song you know he would he would sound someone like this the reason why i picked this song is i sang this to myself at johnny cash's grave Oh, wow. I was down in Nashville early 2019, and on my way out, there was two things I wanted to hit up. One of them was Shoney's, and another one was Johnny Cash's grave. And the cemetery Johnny Cash's grave is in, well, him and, you know, June Carter, it's not highly publicized. It's not hot. There's not signs like Johnny Cash's grave is over here. Come visit Johnny Cash's grave. There's not a gift shop. It is a regular cemetery. And what I had to do was go online and find pictures of his grave and try to find things that matched it. And I, I did end up finding it and I kind of just stood there to myself singing some of my favorite Johnny Cash songs. And this was one of them. It is like a little moment that I had with, you know, Johnny Cash and June on a January Monday. And then after that, I went to, went to go to Shoney's and, have me some great breakfast, but that's just one thing I, I, I carry from that, that day. Oh, for sure. That's like 
those Rick Rubin, the, those albums were just, I remember where I was when I heard the, the news that Johnny had passed. I was living in California. I was driving home and I had to pull the car over and I, I wept and there've been celebrity deaths that have, have, have really hit me. That's that one's up there. That one's up there with like a Robin Williams where it just shook me that he was gone. And, and it wasn't a surprise in that, that, you know, June had passed, you know, prior and I know how heartbroken he was, but just the gut punch of that. And to hear that song and then, you know, rolls into my, my next, my next song that I think that there are. Before, so- before you go that far, I want to throw out a little fact to you. Okay. Do you remember who died the day before Johnny Cash? Because it was also a very big name. And as much as I love Johnny Cash, I was always kind of upset that this other death got overshadowed. If I were to compare it to something that happened later on in life is it was the day Farrah Fawcett died. And then later on in that day, Michael Jackson died and people kind of forgot about Farrah Fawcett. I I definitely forgot about Farrah Fawcett. Now, who was, I, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember who the person passed before Johnny. Had a similar first name, but John Ritter. Oh, man. Wow. That is a, that is a big one. John Ritter was great. And he was like really in the process of rebuilding his career. He had eight simple rules to date my teenage daughter, which that was a great I, show. Oh God. I mean, we didn't know that that would be the real big jumping off point for Kaylee Cloco, but that was like, a, it felt like we were rebuilding him and we were rebuilding Katie Seagal. And then also he was going to get a, basically a reoccurring role if everything I think panned out too on scrubs, he was going to be JD's dad. And then after Ritter died, they had to find a way to wrap that up. They, they did give us a, some time to pass before they officially had like, Hey JD, your dad's dad episode. But God, he was really on the, on the come up. And that was another dude that I, I grew up watching, whether it be reruns of three's company or, you know, problem child. I mean, he was someone that yeah, I remember really digging that show eight simple rules. And that was, he was just a funny guy. He had, he had that it. And it, it seemed his comedy was effortless. Like he wasn't trying so hard to be funny. He just was funny. And wow, that's, that's a, I did not know it was, it was that close, but man, that is two guys that are, yeah. Like, I, mean, I remember getting home and watching his company. Yeah. And I remember really digging Really liking, man. I gotta find. I wonder is it simple rules that stri- it's got to be streaming somewhere, like with every streaming service in the world. It's got to be somewhere. That might be one of those one that's harder to find because the the I think the first half of that series was really great, and then they tried carrying on without him with David Spade and uh, I forget the one guy's name, but I, I I used to watch another show that he was in. My grandmother loved the show. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but. They tried carrying on, and it it oh, was really wasn't the same. Yeah, it was James Gardner. Like Phil kind of took over. He was the grandpa, if I remember yeah. correctly. And I love James Gardner. He was great in uh, uh, Maverick, and he was great in Rockford Files. But yeah, wasn't the same. Wasn't the same. Rockford Files. That's the one I was thinking. My grandmother loved, and uh, her pretty much her like 
dying days or like her last year or so that she was alive. That was always on on WGN, and she had to watch it every night. Oh, WGN, good times. But so yeah, the song I was gonna play is the song that like so there are, there there are songs that are covers that you know just I think transcend and become more than the original, and uh, this song it was even acknowledged by the original artist uh, Trent Reznor to be this is now a Johnny Cash song. Um, and I think it was Kevin Aldridge who was on the podcast told the story that, you know, at first when, when, uh, Trent Reznor was told like Johnny Cash is going to cover hurt. He's like, uh, I don't get it. And then he listened to it like, Oh yeah, I, that, I get that. So, uh, I mean, I think it's an iconic song. I think it's, it's like of all the song kind of last big iconic song, especially the music video, which makes me cry to this day. Here's some hurt. I hurt myself today To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real The needle tears a hole The old familiar sting Try to kill it all away But I remember everything What have I become? My sweetest friend Like, that's a song that, like, you can tell that that man has had pain and trauma in his life and that every ounce of it comes across in that recording every ounce of it i feel like almost like i said almost everything on this album and all, all the ones that came out after he passed were really like in his dying days like he kind of knew it was coming uh and i can't remember whether he recorded this before or after june passed but he he knew a lot was ending and I felt like it was him doing what he did best. I mean, he's known music his whole life and finding ways to express it and thing about, you know, this, you know, time period too, you talk about covers. He had a lot of covers in, in this era yep. and, and the, uh, the American records era. And I love them all. And I mean, this one is like one of the most iconic and, and it's, you know, actually I thought about it too. This is actually another, karaoke song I go to from time to time. I really thoroughly enjoy it as, as bad as that sounds, but I know it's like, I think of just being in, in those moments where everything just looks bleak and for Johnny doing what he did to like put all this music together shows that even, even at your weakest, you can be your strongest. And like the video is just, I have, I like when you know, in college I took some uh, video classes and some film classes and it, it was brought up and just all of the the visuals of it and June is in it but I think it was towards the end 
And I think it may have, the song may have come out after, right after she had passed. I mean, it's just like, I think she was sick. And it's just, oh, it is absolutely heartbreaking. And you see him, and obviously he was you know towards the end of his life, and it's this, this tower of a man, but he still has that strength, and he still has that, like, that's Johnny Cash. And I, I'm glad that an entire generation of younger people this came out would have been coming oh two oh three got to know Johnny Cash through those albums, and then a lot of them I think went back and and you know, figured out like who is this this old guy who is, is rocking this song and it just oh god like that that is a song that will it it, it it's haunting and it will give me chills and I, it literally is giving me chills now just thinking about that and man those are I'll be playing a lot of Johnny Cash in the next couple of days <laughs> um so uh, the next song here. Uh, another uh, song I, again. I can sound like a broken record because I, I I am the chicken in black. Before we play this, what about this song puts this on the list for you? Uh, it's a deep cut. Uh, this was one song that actually I didn't listen to as a kid. I think I was just cruising through channels in my uh, teenage years, early twenties, and we had Directv, so we had the Music Choice channels where you could you know, listen to music on television, which looking back, that was a kind of a weird concept of how like, oh, we're going to put music on television, but there's going to be no video. We're just going to maybe tell you the information about the songs that you can, you can go maybe buy it yourself. And uh, one day I stumbled upon the chicken in black and I listened to it and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's become one of my favorite deep cuts of Johnny Cash. Cause I've mentioned this to people and they had no idea that this song existed. This song I want to say came out in the eighties because there is a music video for it. And uh, to kind of the, to tie it in another part about Johnny cash. Have you been to the hall of fame and seen like some of the Johnny cash stuff there? I have. Um, I've la- the only time I've actually went to the hall of fame was my senior year in high school, spring break. My, my friends and I wanted to go to Florida. We figured out we could afford coming to Cleveland. And so we came to Cleveland and we went to the hall of fame and I, made it very clear that I wanted to see all the Johnny Cash stuff. So I saw a bunch of it. And I, I mean, I know it's probably been updated since his passing, but uh, I definitely saw a lot of the, the, the cash stuff they had in the spring of 02. Uh, I will say this, like I actually didn't end up going to the hall of fame until I think it was 2016. And which I mean, that it was just me just putting it off forever. I go there and they have a thing out front that says like, Oh, there's going to be a Johnny Cash weekend or Johnny Cash week, and I think it was like September, October. So, granted, I was just seeing the Hall of Fame. I was going to go back like a couple months later just to see this, and I don't know if this was there back then, but this is actually something that's there all the time. Like, granted, they added a bunch of Johnny Cash stuff for that weekend, which was great and was like the only thing I had paid for because I had technically seen everything else there a couple months prior. But out front, there's a Johnny Cash tour bus. And like, that's something that sits there all year long. And when I finally got a chance to go in it, because there would be years that I was around like for Browns games or something, and I would see the Johnny Cash bus, but I, you have to pay a mission to go inside, like mission to the hall of fame. Uh, I'm going to read you this little plaque that describes something that was on the tour bus. And this is why at one point I said, Johnny Cash is my spirit animal. Johnny, Johnny Cash had a rotisserie oven installed on the coach reflecting his love for barbecue. 
That's amazing. <laughs> so Johnny Cash had a, a rotisserie on the tour bus. That is amazing. That that's a that's a that's a life goal right there. Mr. Cash, I salute you. Here is the chicken in black. For two long years my head hurt bad So the doctor checked me and he shook his head He said, I'm sorry to tell you But your body's outlived your brain He said, I know this doctor in New York, son And he'll fix you right up with a brand new one So the head doctor met me when I stepped down off of the train He said, we had this bank robber killed last night His body shot, but his brain's all right I'll give you a transplant, boy, and you'll be okay I got my new brain in and I was feeling great. I went right back to Nashville with no headache, but something strange happened when I walked in the bank one day. I said, stick them up, everybody, I'm robbing this place. Drop all of your money in my guitar case. Don't nobody move and don't nobody reach for that door. A lady said, why, you're Johnny Cash. I said, no, ma'am, I'm the Manhattan Flash and I am the best bank robber in New York. Now the other night, Roy Hickoff called me. He said, "John, I love it. I love it." Since you, you, which I understand, like you have to like cut these songs off. But I want to explain to what because people be like, "Why did I call the Chicken in Black?" The story is that eventually Johnny Cash like realizes, you know, he's has this brain of the this bank robber, and he goes back to the doctor like, "Hey, I need my old brain back," and he's like, "I'm sorry, Uh, we put it in the brain of a chicken, and that chicken is now going." on tour singing all your songs. So he's the chicken in black. (laughs) It's just, you don't get that kind of thing anymore. And it's just a beautiful thing. It's just a beautiful thing. Like I said, that's definitely one of my favorite deep cuts because so many people don't know about it. And it's, it's a fun little song and it's not that old. I mean, not that old compared to like the man in black and I walk the line and all the, all those songs. Oh, for sure. And speaking of old songs, uh, one of one of the original songs, one of the first songs, very early in his catalog, is this next song, and it's uh, again, it's another one that reminds me of Grandpa. That's my biggest connection to Johnny Cash. He's my grandfather, and it's another song that my grandfather loved him to death. Loved that man. Could not carry a tune if he had a forklift, but he would sing and. Uh, when he would sing this song, he would, uh, when he was just kind of doing chores around the house or uh, when we were outside chopping wood, he would sing this song. And it just, it just fills me with the fuzzies. And so uh, here is Get Rhythm. Get Rhythm. When you get the blues, come on, get a rhythm. When you get the blues, get a rock and roll feeling in your bones, put taps on your toes and get gone, get a rhythm. When you get the blues, a little shoe shine boy, he never gets low down, but he's got the dirtiest job in town. Bending low at the people's feet on a windy corner of the dirty street. Will I ask him while he shined my shoes how to keep from getting the blues? He grinned as he raised his little head, he popped his shoe shine rag, and then he said, Get a rhythm. 
When you get the blues, come on, get a rhythm. When you get the blues, a jumpy rhythm makes you feel so fine. It'll shake all your trouble from your worried mind. Get a rhythm. When you get the blues. So that was recorded in Memphis, Tennessee at Sun Studios, which I got to, when I lived in Memphis for six months, I got to go to Sun. And just seeing it was, ah, oh, I, I loved it. And um, I don't know if you're familiar, uh, it's a musical that I have not seen, but I really want to, uh, Million Dollar Quartet. It is, uh, Johnny Cash is a, is a major player in that. And I just like that era of Johnny Cash obviously was very the, towards the beginning but like just iconic and I love it and he's a baby face like the I'm looking at the the, the album cover right now and he's just this baby face young man that has the world ahead of him and oh it's a simple song but again it's that storytelling and I just I love it and his backing band is great and I don't know I, I, I could listen to that song on repeat and be a happy man that was the one song that I really didn't start listening to until Walk the Line. So I have a a little bit different appreciation for it. So like I kind of think I kind of think of that song, and I do love like um, some of his lower register parts in this. Like you're about a little boy to be walking that way, like uh, working that way, and uh, for some reason like that that popped me. And I think uh, early Johnny Cash like this is great for some of those reasons. Well, yeah, and like, I think it's very reminiscent of like a big bopper. Um, yes. Who, that's that's an entire episode that's actually on the books is uh, talking about the day the music died, uh, because that. Oh, was, I, I love that. I would love to be on that episode because I I like I said my dad grew up or I should say I grew up with my dad's music, and the day the music died, like almost all of those artists, I have an appreciation for. Like, I grew up in my early teenage years or maybe when I was like 10, 11, I had like a couple, what was basically best of Richie Valens. And I've, cause I've thrown this idea out to you before and whether like we ever get around to this episode, like where someone brings to you like songs of their life. And I had like, I have a, like two different track lists. And the first one that I had started was like songs that I really like that people might not connect with me. And one of them is Buddy Holly's true love ways. I love that song. Great song. And Great song. Also, like when it comes to Big Bopper, like I love, I love the lower register stuff too. And I've always wanted to tr- attempt uh, Chantilly Lace or Big Bopper's Wedding, but I don't have the timing down because basically, like they're you know one sided, like or just, yeah, they're all both one sided conversations, and it's trying to get the timing of like knowing exactly when like those next lines come in. It's Big Bobber is, I mean, all of those guys, I mean, are, I think, vastly underrated. Even someone like, like a Buddy Holly. But, I mean, Richie Valens, La Bumba is a movie that has extremely deep connection to me. Um, it is one of the clearest memories I have of the family unit that was my, my, my biological father, my mother, my sister, and I. I was watching La Bumba, probably a little tuned to watch La Bumba, and then listening to the soundtrack of La Bumba. And then 
going from there and listening to all the other artists that were a part of that. And um, every every year, I always recognize the day the music died. And no, that is a uh, it'll be noted when I get to that um, that day to uh, bring you back on because too far too many people do not talk about that that day on how it was a cultural touchstone. Even to the point of, you know, Don McLean made American Pie and the the first verse is about the, you know, the day the music died and how it was to uh, deliver that news and like how, how the world kind of felt. And I'll always say this too about Buddy Holly. I feel like Buddy Holly was a musical genius. And if he managed to live past that day, I think there would have been a huge, huge legacy of Buddy Holly. And people also kind of forget too, if it wasn't for the crickets, we might not have the Beatles. No, that is extremely true. Like they, the, 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 the reach that we have because of those men is, cannot be overstated. And I think that it's, it's something that, you know, I, there are movies about it, and each one of the movies, I, I really do enjoy the Buddy Holly movie with Gary Busey. I think that's an underrated movie. So now, the kind of going into, I'm actually going to skip down because I one of the songs on your list here that I really like is Johnny Cash is involved, but it's not just Johnny Cash. One of the first, I don't want to say arguments that you and I had on the internet was when I decreed that uh, the Traveling Wilburys were the greatest supergroup of all time. And you said, I respectfully disagree, that I, being you, put forward the Highwaymen. And you have here the Highwaymen. It's a great song. So we're going to play the song, and then we're going to talk about the supergroup that is the Highwaymen. was a highwayman Along the coach roads I did ride With sword and pistol by my side Many a young maid lost her baubles to my trade Many a soldier shed his lifeblood on my blade The masters hung me in the spring of 25 but I am still alive I was a sailor I was born upon the tide With the sea I did abide I sailed a schooner around the Horn of Mexico I went aloft to furl the mainsail in a blow and when the yards broke off, they said that I got killed. But I am living still. I was a dam builder across a river deep and wide. Where steel and water did collide. A place called Older So let's talk about the highwaymen. All right, let's talk about them. 
in case you are unaware of the Highwaymen. We've got Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, and someone who I think gets overlooked but is still a fantastic artist, Chris Christopherson. Absolutely phenomenal lineup. So what about the Highwaymen, I mean, outside of Mr. Cash, draws you in? Kind of the irony that uh, Waylon Jennings is in the group, and if you want to have a nice little segue, he was part of the day the music died. Yep, he should have been on that plane. Like he, like, and he did say, "I hope your old little plane crashes," and still carried that because, and yeah, we we could have been robbed of of him as well for sure. Uh, but. Yeah, I kind of grew up a little bit with Waylon Jennings and, and um, Chris Christopherson. And I want to say, too, like Chris Christopherson, didn't he write Sunday Morning Coming Down, which that was a, right. a huge hit for Johnny Cash? That sounds right. So it's just like some of the connections to like those two and Johnny Cash. I didn't grow up a huge Willie Nelson fan. Fun fact, I'm not going to get too much into it, but my dad did not like Willie Nelson at all. So I've had to grow my own appreciation for him. So like, I think like a part of the super group, I think it makes, it makes total sense. And you, you just have these, you know, rock country, rockabilly, whatever, like these legends coming together later in their career and like creating this album and like having this song being like, like one of the biggest hits off of it. And then, there's just something about that. And even like the song of telling, telling the story of how each individual one, like a story that how this character is a highway man. And then you get to uh, Johnny and you know, he's a space explorer and that, that's, that's fun shit. Oh, it's great. And like, it's, I remember my mom was a big fan of Chris Christopherson. And then I kind of like, you know, as you know, sometimes when you're younger, you don't listen to. Then I remember watching the Blade movies, and I'm like, "Oh, that's Chris Christopherson, like, like the guy who we have the records of." And going back and like, "Oh, this guy's fantastic," and just I mean, they're all amazing. Um, actually, it's funny. I on New Year's Eve, I watched a pay per view concert of one of my favorite bands, the Avett Brothers, and Willie Nelson was on. He was on with uh, two of his, I don't know, if, I think it was grandsons or like two of his relatives, and they sang On the Road Again. And man, Willie Nelson is in his 80s, can still go. But I'm a big Willie Nelson fan, like all four of those guys, and they're just, it's a great record. They make good music together, and they're just four guys that clearly had lots of love and respect for each other, and if you haven't listened to them, go out of your way and find it. Like again, like, it'll be in the, the playlist. Listen to them because it's a great record from you know from start to finish. Especially that record, it's a great record. So we are we are nearing the end here. So I guess if you had to set to sell someone, let's say someone listened to all the songs that we had played, and they still weren't sold on Johnny Cash, how would you sell someone on the Man in Black? Um, it all depends on, you know, which era would probably best suit them. I mean, you have some of the, you know, the early, early stuff you have, the rawness you got in the prisons, you have a lot late, even later on, if you want to go to, you know, when he was reborn again, Christian and a lot of the stuff that he did then, like, that's a really good era for him. He 
manages to survive all that stuff. And then you, you get into the two thousands and that's where you get, I'm reviving my career. I'm going to cover a bunch of songs. I don't know if some of those were on some of those albums, whether they were originals or not, but there's just so many really, really good covers to the fact of you don't, see this often what you actually see is somebody who grew up listening to an artist or a particular song that they loved and they cover it or you get to the part of somebody just wrote a song and maybe the the original version didn't really do well on charts it's like kind of forgotten then somebody will cover that one make it bigger then you then you got johnny cash who took popular songs covered them and basically put his own spin on it and like fucking Soundgarden. He covered Rusty Cage and he killed it. I love his version. And it's like, we've already mentioned, you know, Hurt. And also like on that, that same album, he actually covered one of his own songs and gives you like basically the same song, but now he's older. And uh, I forget the name of it is off the top of my head where he talks about uh, walking up on a dying man. So now like that he's older. Johnny Cash is kind of that, that dying man. So there, I mean, there's just so, so much to love. I, I fully agree. I think that Johnny Cash is, he is America. He is someone that I put up if I had to like put a time capsule or, I mean, he's just someone that like is America through and through in the best qualities of America. And it just, his music is timeless and there are so many eras. And like you said, like there's like, there, there are so many different facets of Johnny Cash. And if you like music, you're, you're going to find an era or a facet or an album that, that meets with you. And then the, the stuff he did with, with June was great. And uh, just like, there's so much, there was so much stuff that we we didn't cover. We could do hours upon hours of talk about Johnny cash. Cause there's just so much there. His body of work is that large. And he's someone that, you know, he took like, took a risk of working with someone like Rick Rubin who came up with the beastie boys and had that trust with uh, you know, having that. And it's just absolutely phenomenal. Again, if you are any kind of fan of music, I implore you to to go out, listen to Cash, listen to the, the playlist that we're, we're going to put out. But we're, we're going to leave on uh, just probably the, the quintessential Cash song. But before we go, we need to make our plug. So, Mr. Summers, if you would plug away all of your projects, all of your social media so that people can find you and become a fan of you. Like I am a fan of you. Uh, you can find myself at J summers, three, three, zero on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, much like you can find wrestling cheers, my podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. You can find wrestling cheers on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Stitcher, tune in YouTube, Spotify, iHeart. Radio or Podbean, wrestlingcheers.podbean.com. I have put in the application months ago for Pandora. Uh, unfortunately, they are real. I mean, we were approved, but actually getting us listed is the issue, and I have, they have yet to get back to me for a while, but 
uh, the whole project is for wrestling cheers. For those of you who don't know, we preview and review things going on in the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We have interviews uh, from time to time. And then also because of the pandemic and there's been less shows, I try to find other type of episodes to do where we do, uh, bring on AIW fans. And then we talk about like how they became fans and then their background story. Then there's uh, like some retro reviews. I mean, wrestling cheers had a podcast that came out before it called the Ohio Indie report. And we covered a lot of shows, but we didn't cover enough of them. There's really literally a couple of years where there might've been five total episodes. So there was just a bunch of shows that weren't previewed and they weren't reviewed. So we're going back and at least reviewing some of those shows. And it's kind of fun to go back and rewatch some of these. Some And actually there's been a couple shows that I didn't get to watch because of uh, whatever reason I couldn't make it to the show. So sitting down and either witnessing for the first time and seeing where, how far we've come or rewatching something that I remember loving and maybe still loving, or maybe kind of like now looking at it like, well, this is kind of a different hindsight now everything's panned out, but in the time I loved it. So uh, I try to do a lot of stuff like that. I've been branching out a lot. Uh, as of right now, I I'm working on planning out the rest of January. I got a, a cool idea that I'm, I have coming up for February, but I don't want to talk about it just yet. So it's, I uh, mean, uh, one of the hardest things about podcasting, Ben, you can understand it to a point that, Sometimes like planning episodes can be very difficult. And then I know for me trying to get guests on makes it even worse, especially when it's uh, wrestlers. Yes. Uh, wrestlers are hard to pin down. And I, I know you have much more uh, experience in that, but uh, they are a, 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 uh, a slippery bunch, but also because a lot of times they have three or four jobs or they just have their schedule. Obviously it's a little bit different now during the pandemic, but especially when the, the, the weekends, <laughs> when I first started podcasting, trying to like talk to wrestler, can, can I interview over the weekend? I'm like, well, that's when I work genius. I'm like, ah, yes, that would be a hard pass. Um, but no, honestly, if you know, you want to get into to indie wrestling, you know, Wrestling Cheers is a podcast. Even if you're not in the Northeast Ohio area, I highly recommend listening to it. Um, you're also on TikTok, and I think if you're on TikTok, as a lot of us are now during this pandemic, I think you are someone to follow on TikTok. I think uh, you have a lot of good takes, and I think you are very even keel and balanced with some of the the, the, uh, the comments you get. Uh, I think you are growing on TikTok. That's not a surprise. I think... Definitely give you know follow on all platforms. If you want to follow this podcast on Twitter, we are at Biff Radio, Instagram Biff Radio One, on TikTok uh, at Center Club. We're part of the Jabroni U Network. Proud members of the Jabroni U Network. Go to jabroniu.com to listen to and to hear about all the other podcasts. Why do we ever meet? New Jabroni Pro Wrestling, Flow Intel, the Draft Pod, Locals Barbershop. You can also go to our Threadless store. And uh, get merchandise. I just got the Biff Radio uh, pink cassette uh, hoodie. I absolutely love it. Also follow uh, uh, our friends of the podcast. This ends at prom with BJ and Harmony. Absolutely fantastic podcast. Not Jabroni you, but they're still fantastic. And obviously follow Wrestling Cheers because you, you, that would just be rude. It would be rude to not follow 
wrestling cheers now that they've been on the podcast. So we're going to get out of here. Wait, but before, before we go to a big, huge, now that it's, it's been officially announced a big, huge congratulations to BJ and harmony on announcing that they are moving to Los Angeles. I've, I've, I've said it publicly, I think where it's going to suck to see them go. Uh, I love BJ. I'm not really as, as close to harmony, but I, I have love for her too but I can only imagine the struggles that they have living in this state, living in this area and a lot of the comments and everything they go through. So it's like, as much as it hurts me, I know they're moving to an area that's going to love and accept them way more and they're going to have a better life for it. So I hope my path cross was theirs somewhere down the line. And I've, I've often told BJ who has told me like, basically when you sit in the back where they are, like you hear different things. So eventually, if they ever come back for like an AIW show, I want, or maybe they're in, not they're going to come back for an AIW show, but if they're ever in the area and they come to an AIW show, I'd love to sit back with them at least one match and hear the crazy shit I'm missing in the front row. Oh, for sure. It's, it's, it's a huge blow. Like I, I've, I've known about the move for a while and I'm, I'm really bummed. Um, the number of people that I become you know really good friends with since moving to Cleveland that are not related to me um, is, you know, smaller than I would like it to be. And BJ and Harmony are two people that I, I, I love dearly. Uh, the side quest where Harmony works is somewhere that has become a haven for me. And, you know, Harmony just got uh, voted best bartender in uh, all of Cleveland and she earned it uh, with flying colors. But you know, like you said, their life being uh, two amazing, proud members of the LGBT community, Harmony being uh, trans, it's it's a rough life. Lakewood is a progressive pl- place, but it's still in a less progressive state than California. So I will miss them, miss them dearly, but I expect amazing things from them. They're going to go out to California and Los Angeles and take over the place, and I'm excited for them. So I we send you our love. I mean, and I also feel for the Allens, um, with BJ and Harmony, you know, being you know such integral parts, part of the Allen family. So I can only imagine what you know, Wes and Ashley and Cash and Roxy are going through. So it's exciting and you're happy for them, but it's still okay to feel a little bit sad. Kind of like Frosty the Snowman. Don't you cry because I'll be back someday. Um, and I know they'll, they'll come to visit um, once they've taken over Hollywood and, uh, you know, bent it to their will because I know they will. Um, so we're going to go out of here with, uh, probably the most famous Johnny Cash song, um, or at least one of them, but it's a song I love to death. So until next week, my friends, it's been real. It's been great. And, uh, let's listen to the ring of fire. Have a good night. is a burning thing and it makes a fiery ring bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And it burns, burns, burns.